Wait, you just dissed me? I'm perplexed. Insult me in a line? Compliment me on the next? Damn. Hey there, Pro Wrestling Overtime. It's Marie Shadows of the Square Circle Podcast. So I got the chance to listen to your podcast episode and my fans are probably wondering why I am doing a episode that is in response to your episode. And it's simply because of this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, I do write a newsletter. It is called Wrestling Letters. You can get it over at co forward slash profile forward slash Marie Shadows. There, my newsletter is whatever I've been working on, any new podcast episodes. If I've been on other people's podcast episodes, I'll share it there. If I'm going through a mental rough state, I'll share it with you guys because I want to be as transparent as I can. However, over the last couple of weeks, stretching back to the end of December of 2021, the internet wrestling community had a freaking meltdown. And that's thanks to not only the wrestling journalists, but then also Tony Khan having to throw a former worker under the bus so let's start with this i'm just gonna set the scene and catch everybody up especially for anyone who doesn't really pay attention to wrestling like that so i'm gonna catch you up december 2021 it was new year's eve everyone is out having a party getting drunk whatever the case may be as long as you were happy healthy and safe that's all that mattered the wrestling journalists were restless. Of course they were, because it was a slow news day. Nobody was breaking any news. Nobody was being any first until somebody decided to listen to Big Swole's podcast, which, by the way, if you have not listened to her podcast episodes, please go do so. She is a, an amazing podcaster, and I really do enjoy listening to Big Swole's stories. Big Swole put out her first episode called Old Baggage. And in that episode, she explains that she was brought up to have one rule. Her mom taught her that every time you go into a new year, you don't take that old baggage with you. You start fresh for the new year, because if you think about it, there's a lot of new challenges, new obstacles that you're going to face. Why do you want to bring your old baggage with you? And why do you want that to weigh you down? And also in that episode, she talks about her wonderful time at AEW, how lovely Tony Khan is. Tony Khan definitely spoiled the hell out of her and other wrestlers when they went out and they went to go eat and they had a good time. Very, very good times. In that same episode, she also tells you about the frustrations that she had in AEW. They gave her the position of being like a mediator between the women's roster and management. So that entailed if any of the women had any frustrations or concerns or anything like that, they would go to Big Swole. And they nicknamed her Mama Swole and she went over to TKM Management, had a meeting with them and let them know, hey, these are all the frustrations that the women are having. And hopefully by telling them this, there will be some type of change, some type of progression. But really in that first year, the AW women really did have to fight for it. There were many women on Twitter really tweeting at AEW and TNT to be like, hey, showcase more of the women. You know, we're already in this year and women still have to fight to be on TV and get equal opportunities as the men. It kind of slowed down because... You know, you sort of lose your energy halfway through. But that is what Bixwell was saying on her podcast episode. From start to finish, it was having good times in AEW with Tony Khan and then becoming the mediator. And when things weren't really going as needed, her love for it was starting to diminish 
because there wasn't much progress going on. There wasn't really good stories happening. And she's definitely right that sometimes wrestlers cannot always pitch stories to the boss because they may not be as creative. They may not think that their story is worthwhile or they just don't know how to pitch it which is all valid. She gave all valid criticisms, but she never once put it out on Twitter as a tweet. Some person decided to listen to her podcast, take out the juicy information from it and create a clickbait headline. And there we go. That's how we got to this point. And then when anybody were retweeted and make a big deal out of it, obviously it became viral. And that's when TK decided to tweet what he tweeted. And I go in depth in the previous episode of this called the TK incident, where I really do go in depth into everything I thought of, because I had a lot of questions. TK should have let this one die. He should never said anything. If you had a very good exit interview and in a previous interview, you said that Big Swole is amazing and she's very talented and we love her here. Why would you go back and sort of have this tweet that throws her under the bus that basically dismisses all of her selflessness, all of her hard work? She didn't have to do any of that stuff for the ladies, but she is like the best mama out there to make sure everything gets taken care of. She makes sure that these ladies who don't have a voice, who don't know how to pitch something, have that voice through her. And I've been in that position and I know what that feels like. And the moment that someone dismisses my own accomplishments, my own contributions to this wrestling business, the same way that TK did to Big Swole, as if her experience and her frustrations did not mean shit. I'm not going to stand for it. And that's why I said what I said on Thomas Island. And I said what I said on my podcast, because I think that we should all be in this together and we should not be taking any shots like that, especially when you are the head of a wrestling company, all elite wrestling. Like you're supposed to be a boss and a leader and not just someone who wants to throw somebody under the bus because you felt some type of way. Instead, pick up the phone, call her, talk to her about it. Now that I have caught you guys up on this because I don't want to spend too much time on it, it's already sailed. I already know that Tony Khan is not going to give us an apology or at least give Big Swallow an apology because she did not deserve that. She deserves all the praise and admiration and definitely to be a coach and a leader from, for a locker room. Because to have the quality of being selflessness is very rare in the wrestling business in general. We are very few and far between. And the moment that you fuck us over is the moment that your company is going to go down the drain. You expose yourself so much that the recovery is not going to be there. But the AEW fans are blind and they are so faithful. So the recovery is still going to be there. This gets me still passionate because it's not going to change if the fans are not going to change and if the fans are not going to accept valid criticism. It's one thing to say somebody sucks, but if you did not put in the dues in this business or even take a bump, don't even say that she sucks. Don't do it. Me, on the other hand, I've taken bumps. I ran the ropes. I helped out. So I have a little bit of say and a little bit more protectiveness against people who put their bodies on the line for our entertainment. So again, I just get really passionate about it only because I don't like seeing very good people get taken advantage of and then having the narrative change to deflect from the real issue, which is you do not disrespect a worker like that who is selfless in this business and gave you everything. You know, I once told a wrestling journalist that with a great platform comes great responsibility, right? So that will be my message to Tony Khan that with a huge following comes great responsibility and do not direct it towards 
people who are kind at heart, people who want to see everybody eat at the table, people who want to see everyone succeed in their dreams. Don't send your minions after them to change a narrative to fit your character and try to remain classy when you know underneath you're not classy. When you know underneath that you will sell out somebody faster than anybody else. But anyway, getting back to Pro Wrestling Overtime, dissecting my newsletter. So on my newsletter, I put four points that I really do talk about on the podcast episode. And this goes to show what wrestling journalism does. Wrestling journalism definitely takes an article, especially if someone has points on there or too long, didn't hear type of thing, and they react to it. And you missed all the extra details in my podcast episode. It would have been very nice if you would have listened to the podcast episode, I know it's an hour and 11 minutes long. And I really talked on it because I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions for Tony Khan because that tweet came out of nowhere. Like, why did he really need to tweet it? Why? Why did he need to justify the fact that he has diversity in his company? I can see that he has black wrestlers and people of color in his roster, but why are we not questioning their treatment? Why are the black wrestlers featured on AEW Dark and Evelation way more than on Rampage or AEW Dynamite compared to the three biggest people that came in, which is Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish? You cannot deny that is you cannot deny that this is like WWE 2.0. And I know you guys hate that, but you really have to look at it. AEW is really the alternative and it really is. However, Tony Khan is relying more on big name superstars than trying to build the younger guys up. And they are building the younger guys up. However, they're on this stupid rotation system that has no rhyme or reason, no structure. And like, what is it really doing for them? It's not doing anything for them. Are we really talking about Jungle Boy 24-7 like we were in 2019 when he was with, I mean, he still is with Jurassic Express. But like, are we really talking about them as much as before? No, We were talking about the homegrown talent in 2019 way more than now. Now we're talking about Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Malachi Black, Cody Rhodes, because he wants to be in every conversation and more. And it's just that there shouldn't be this rotation system. There shouldn't be where these people wrestle on dark and dark revelation and you wrestle on rampage sometimes. Like there's no connection between any of these shows and you guys just sit there and eat it up and want to watch wrestling 24 7 if that's the case go to your local wrestling indie show and watch wrestling 24 7 wrestling should have like a combination of good wrestling good storyline good drama to keep you interested because if all you do is wrestling 24 7 with nothing in between even though the storytelling is subtle and the drama is subtle it's not memorable i can't remember and i can't really tell you what's really happening with the storylines in aw because everything is so all over the place so yes while the previous podcast episode the tk incident is an hour long i totally get why maybe you haven't listened to it because of the length or it's because of the points that i put on the newsletter so those points that i put on the newsletter i go in depth into the podcast episode about it so basically a newsletter is supposed to give you a snapshot and show notes about what my episode is going to be about and that's supposed to be enticing you to be like hold up if she has these concerns maybe i should listen to the whole thing so the first point i make is why didn't the aw women come to big swole's aid on the grounds of how dare you talk like this to her We do say on Twitter and everywhere else that 
women should stick up for other women if you feel like you can aid another woman because you experience the same thing then go ahead and speak your truth because the more that comes forward with these authentic stories of men just dismissing their accomplishments maybe we'll get some progress done because it really felt like we took progress and then all of a sudden someone opens up their mouth and discredits you and then we go back it's like no we're not going to do that we're supposed to be moving forward together and understanding together point number two everyone in aew does multiple jobs Big Swell talks about this a little bit on the Old Baggage podcast episode where she mentions how Kenny Omega was very tired and overworked. And we knew that, especially in 2019, we knew that. Apparently, he was the head of the women's division. He was also working on the game. He was also wrestling here and there. He was doing a lot of things. And so don't you think that's concern? But... On your episode, you said that every job is like that. Every job gives you multiple hats. Well, yes, I do agree that there are jobs out there who take advantage of those labor laws. However, are you falling off a ladder in your nine to five cozy job in a cubicle? Are you going through a table? Are you going through a trash can? Are you taking bumps in a ring that has plywood and a little bit of padding are you going through chairs like the thing you'll have to worry about in your nine to five job is being overworked and them telling you oh you have overtime you need to do overtime because we're short staff we don't have anyone else so you gotta do overtime that's when people suck it up and do it because money is money and they need money to pay bills. And I totally get it. But in wrestling, you never know when your match could be your last match. So why are you overstressing your body by doing multiple jobs that should be given to a team? Wrestlers are meant to be wrestlers because that's what they love. If they are able to provide any type of backstage help, that's great too. But essentially, you should be training, you should be coming up with new moves, new stories, and definitely talk to your opponent about whatever feuds you want to happen and plot out what happens when and why that happens. If you want to create stories and longevity, that's what you do. You focus on your craft. You do not do marketing, finances, community outreach, podcast episodes, making a game, participating in AW Heels, and other things that are taking away your main focus of perfecting your craft. There's a reason why I gravitate towards other companies and other wrestlers because they focus on their craft and they bring me in to the magical fantasy of falling in love with these characters, falling in love with the story, but I can't get behind it if you're doing everything but the thing that you love the most. And I also know that you mentioned in your podcast episode that people have multiple hobbies. While yes, this is true. People do have multiple hobbies and they may not want to focus on like one specifically, but if you love something so much, you would not neglect it. That's why we have a lot of dreamers and not too many dream accomplishers because everyone wants to put their favorite passion behind on a back burner because they think it's not going to make them money. They think it's not going to make them famous. So why not help around? Why not do other things to focus on and not focus on the main thing? And yeah, I am an example of that. I am still in professional wrestling and I breathe this industry. This industry is me. And I get passionate about it because I know that everybody has a common goal. And to inspire them to continue would be a very good thing. Because if everyone focused on their craft in AEW, we would not be having so many mistakes. We would not be having so many different storylines that get start. And then they stop and then they start and then they stop. And then they're like, oh, I don't know what else to do. 
So let's rotate our guys and forget about the story we were just doing until we come up with something. This is what Swell was talking about when they needed structure. Point number three. If TK really wanted to work in wrestling, why did it take him so long to do so? This one seemed to struck a nerve only because I asked the appropriate questions. And I also need to set the record straight. And I probably should have said this earlier in the podcast, even though it's 20 minutes in. I am a wrestling analyst. I am not a wrestling journalist. I do not care for breaking news to be the first person. I do appreciate all of my contacts. I do appreciate all of my sources. I do appreciate all of my people that I have been in talks with. They are amazing and they allow me to do something that I love. I don't mind if they send me an email saying, hey, can you do something with this press release? I don't mind telling my fans, hey, MOW is coming to Dallas in January this month. And they're also coming to Charlotte in February. I don't mind saying that to you guys. I don't mind saying, hey, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong is doing Strong Style Evolved. And you can get your tickets now. I don't mind doing any of that. But I'm not going to go out of my way to any of my sources and be like, hey, buddy, give me a scoop. And then be like, breaking news, this happened. No, that's not me. That's not what I care about. I care about getting the wrestler's story across whenever I do these podcast episodes. I care about you as the fan to try to understand different stories and try to piece it together. So that way you know what's going on if you miss like a week's worth of wrestling. I like breaking down matches to let you know why working on a body part is needed. Why do you have to eliminate someone's core if that is their strength and their go-to? If someone is attacking the ankle and you know that they're very quick on their feet, you're taking that quickness away. Like, I did this for a while. And this is why I love talking about professional wrestling and talking about characters and trying to keep it as kayfabe as I can and trying to get you guys excited to support wrestling companies like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Major League Wrestling and Impact Wrestling. AEW just wants you for the shock value. AEW just wants you for the short term. They haven't thought about long term. The reason why they're still here is because TNT and TBS is like, this is a gold mine. They found something. Yes, there are hardcore fans that will buy the t-shirt, the merchandise, anything. But in reality, they just want to compete with WWE. But I could tell you this. WWE doesn't care. WWE is laughing at them. And once again, WWE is in the lead because they made a partnership with Impact Wrestling and they're going to get Mickey James in the Royal Rumble. And you're probably wondering what that has to do with anything, right? So I think that because I talk about wrestling, give my opinions about wrestling, join the media calls that people automatically assume that I am a wrestling journalist or they just group me in there because no one really asked, what do I identify as? And in the world of professional wrestling and in the world of podcasting, I identify as a wrestling analyst because I break down the matches for you. I do not break news to be the first person and shove everybody out the way and be like, look, I broke that news first. Ha ha ha. That's not me. And I bring that up because in the episode, you tell me that Tony Khan made his own money. He owns this. He owns that. They do this. They do that. And it sounded more like regurgitated podcast snippets taken as truth rather than questioning Tony Khan's ability to be a businessman. Because in my episode of the TK incident, I was questioning the labor laws, right? And I was also saying that, you know, it's really weird that 
AW is an LLC. That means they are a limited liability company. And that comes with loopholes. And let me put it in this perspective to you and to everyone else, right? I'm not sure if anyone heard the latest interview he did with sports radio that Jacksonville has. And he mentioned that he is the co-owner of the Jaguars and his position is the analytic department. And so he's looking at numbers. So because he could not juggle that division and also AEW, he decided to hire a team. This team works directly under him to handle the numbers of the Jaguars. And that got me thinking, whoa, TK, if you're able to hire a team for that, how come you can't hire a team for AEW? Why are you not opening up job positions for people who have legit degrees and people who really want to work for your company? And maybe you'll make more money and then you could expand and actually get a base of operations because you can't call the Jaguar Stadium your base of operations if anything happens. Like imagine if the Jaguars no longer want to be at that stadium, what are you going to do? If someone buys out the Jaguars, because we all know money talks, what are you going to do? What is AEW going to do? Where is their home base? WWE has their home base in Connecticut. ECW had their home base in Philly. MOW has their home base. And New Japan Pro Wrestling have their home base in California and Japan. Impact Wrestling has their home base in Tennessee. And you are just here going through the motions, putting on show after show after show and not realizing that, hey, you guys are a company. You need to start acting like a company. Get a home base. Get some people who want to work for you. You can go to a temp agency and be like, hey, do you have any workers? Okay, you got workers. All right, cool. Let's set this up. But I found that to be odd that he'll do it for the Jaguars, but he won't do it for AEW and have his wrestlers work multiple jobs and everything like that. It makes no sense. Like, you're not supposed to overwork your workers anyway. And just because they're independent contractors doesn't mean that gives you the right to still abuse it because there are civil liberties and civil rights and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, no one else is talking about it. I bring all this up because you were trying to tell me that he has all these experience he has all these experiences in finances and he's a business guy and he didn't have to pay his dues because he has Arn Telly, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross there to help him with that. He has Jerry Lynn and the rest of the guys. While yes, he does have them, but none of them ever ran a business like Eric Bischoff ran WCW. They helped out. They booked sometimes, but they weren't like there on the clock 24-7 doing something that wasn't wrestling. They were wrestling if they needed them to be talent scout or booker. It will usually happen after the fact. So with like Jim Ross, he was a commentator for most of his career. And then when they found a replacement or they think that he might be a better fit because someone else left, they just transitioned him into talent relations. And he wasn't really doing commentary at the time. He wasn't doing it at the same time. So that's what I mean. AEW wrestlers are doing multiple jobs at the same time, wearing themselves out, forgetting that wrestling and storytelling should be at the forefront, but that's at the back burner. And you're here trying to tell me that Tony Khan has all this help and he doesn't need to pay his dues and it's okay. He gets a pass when there's a lot of red flags because he's an LLC company on the national stage of TNT, which is seen around the world. Like, that's weird. You know, when WWE came about, right? Here's a little history lesson. In the beginning, it was WWWF. Then Senior, Vince McMahon Senior, made it to WWF. But it's still a company. It was never like an LLC. And then when it got switched over to Vince McMahon... We know WWE WWE is a company and they do things the regulated way. AEW is doing things in a regulated way, but no one's really questioning the conditions that these guys are going through. 
And that's my only concern that I was raising when I was talking about the fact that people shouldn't have multiple jobs if they're going to be wrestling. People should be respected in the business. And, you know, a boss should know protocol of how to be ethical and what to tweet and what not to tweet. Like I said on Thomas Island, if Tony Khan tweeted that without a second thought, you are expendable. Don't think that he has your best interest at heart if you are not buddy-buddy with him. Like, why does he need to tweet the fact that he has black superstars and they won just last week? What does that do? That doesn't do anything. That doesn't show progress. Are they in storylines heading towards the AEW World Championship title? No. Are they in storylines to head towards the TNT Championship title? No. And I'm really disregarding the wins and losses because at first that was a really nice idea. Really different, really cool. Now it's fucking stupid. It really is. Because the people that you want to get a very good shake at things, the people that you want to be equal with their colleagues are not really happening. Like, I don't get it. I really don't. And I was just raising concerns in the extended version from what I said on Thomas Island. And now we come to the last point that I have written in my newsletter. I say, then I discuss, meaning in the previous episode, the TK incident, my experience of feeling that same dismissal during my career. And I ended with asshole men. Now, I would have just let the criticism slide right? Because first of all, thank you for actually giving me feedback and your opinions and your thoughts on the four points, even though you didn't listen to the episode. But to bring that up and to say that while you will never walk in my shoes because you do not know my experience, you follow it up with don't go projecting. That was like, whoa, what? I would have let everything slide and I would have said, it's your opinion. Thank you for giving me your opinion and thank you for giving me your concerns. But that honestly feels like a backhanded slap to me. You say that you can never walk in my shoes, but yet then say, don't project. When this is a personal experience I've dealt with of being dismissed by men because they did not want to accept my accomplishment of working for WWE, working behind the scenes on the indies, dropping everything that I have planned for the day to go help out my wrestling buddies and to make sure that I am putting their career over and letting promotions know, hey, you should book this guy. You should sign this guy. I do a lot of things behind the scenes, but yet people on Twitter think that we all come from the same place, think that we all have the same mentality, and we don't. We are all individuals. We can all think for ourselves. We can all research for ourselves. But the moment that someone else gives their own experience in this business and starts talking about it, it has to get shut away because that's not the narrative that people want to hear. The narrative that people want to hear is that you weren't a good worker and I will not stand for that type of criticism on anyone who is selfless in this business and who has to go through the day thinking if their disease is going to act up or not because they give their life for what they love and they still have to look out for their own life. Or I frankly just won't stand asshole men that won't acknowledge the fact that you accomplish things that they will never accomplish. So my tone here probably sounds like I'm angry at you and I'm not. I'm just really passionate and I'm really tired of talking about the TK incident because I know that we're not going to get a apology 
from TK and you guys put him on a pedestal as the best man ever. This should have raised the flag and the flag should have been raised when he cut off that wonderful woman reporter, Ella J, when she asked him a simple question of will we ever like see a woman's pay-per-view? Do you guys remember that? We dragged him through the mud and yet then he apologized the same day. We tried dragging him through the mud with Big Swole and nothing. There's something wrong here. No woman should be dismissed for their accomplishments. No man should be dismissed for their accomplishments. We should all be equal in the fact of we're trying to gain the same goals in professional wrestling. Whether you're going to go off to MOW or New Japan Pro Wrestling or wherever the case may be, your goal is still to do something in professional wrestling to break down barriers and build a legacy for yourself. And the fact that we keep dismissing people of their accomplishments is the issue. It has nothing to do with race. It really doesn't. It has everything to do with you don't treat people that way, especially when they give it their all, especially when they show you that these are the concerns and you put someone in charge to let you know these concerns. But yet then, you know, you want to dismiss it because you want to say we are diverse. Well, AEW, if you are diverse, break up Dan Lambert with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and let Scorpio Sky get the singles run he deserves because again you guys played the freaking WWE gimmick of grabbing the brass ring and where the fuck is Scorpio Sky? Nowhere. He's in a tag team. You guys broke up a tag team just to put him in the tag team and keep him in a tag team and nothing. Sunny Kiss has been missing. Sunny Kiss does not deserve to be on Dark and Dark Elevation. That man is way too talented to be held down. And yet then he's held down. Private Party is a joke now. You took a New York tag team that made their name and represented New York City and you turned them into a joke by putting them with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy has destroyed Private Party. And you know who did it better? Street Profits. Street Profits are doing it way better than Private Party right now. Private Party was very unique in 2019 because you guys don't have writers is really bad because this is what happens. Private Party, who are they? What are they? They worry about material more than being Private Party, being what brought them to the dance, being something different. But, you know, Street Profits, they got it. You know, I don't know what's happening. But yeah. So all of these examples is to show that while it's okay to disagree with somebody, it really is. Because when you disagree with somebody and you hear them out, you can try to understand their perspective. My perspective is just questioning Tony Khan because that was a really out of left field comment. And even though I did say probably in the beginning of this that there's no right or wrong if I didn't, I'm going to say it now. There really is no right or wrong, but for people to really jump on the bandwagon and go the TK narrative route, I definitely know you guys are blinded and I'm not sure if we're ever going to get to a place where we can all be comfortable with each other, sharing our stories, sharing our experiences and letting the world know that it's not okay for someone to dismiss something that they have not dealt with. Because I think I said it once before that I gave the example of in New York City, we are so diverse that what I do has an effect on me. But if someone in my family experiences something different, I'm never going to know because I wasn't with them. Therefore, I am not going to negate anything that they tell me if they want to tell me their experience. So story time by Marie Shadows. I used to work for the NBA store that we have here in New York City. And so I remember being on the day shift. And towards the back of the first floor, there is a side door which people can enter and exit the establishment. And we had the mannequin right in that little area before the door where it showcased what 
NBA jersey was the hottest selling. And at the time, it was definitely Stephen Curry of the Warriors. And for easy purchase, they would have a lot of Stephen Curry jerseys on the rack. So that way, people who are coming up from the second level from the bottom can easily grab one if they found their size and take it directly to the cashiers that were on the first floor and then they'll be on their way. This one time at work, some random person decides to run into the store using that back door, that side back door, opened it, grabbed a bunch of Stephen Curry jerseys, hangers and all and tags and try to grab as much as he can. And he runs out the store and his ass is waddling down the street. And I see this on my way to work. I was working the day shift. I was coming in a little bit early and I managed to catch the guy that decided to steal all of the Stephen Curry jerseys and he ran his ass down the street. Was I going to stop him? No, because in New York City, you value your life and you just look at people and think that what the fuck is going on? I went into work and I was like, what was that? They were like, oh, he just took it. They didn't really do anything. They reported it. But they didn't get any of that back because we're told not to go after anybody that steals or anybody that does anything kind of stupid. But it, but if they do get rowdy enough, they do kick them out. But if someone is stealing something, if you know you can handle it, you go do it. But see, that's an experience that no one else has that only I can share. And that shouldn't be dismissed because there is a lot of stealing in New York City. So if someone were to come over and visit, they're going to say New York City is a beautiful place. New York City is wonderful. You know, they love it here. And because you're visiting, you don't know what really goes on. And when it comes to someone who lives here and knows all the dirty secrets of living in New York City and want to get the fuck out, but really can't half the time. We tell you guys don't live here. Just come visit because we know the truth. And that could be seen as a metaphor for this whole TK and Big Swole situation. And the fact that you had to sort of insult me in a way. Which I would have never responded to you responding to my four points because I would have just swept it under the rug and would have been like, all right, cool. She has her opinion. She has everything. But because you had to say to not project, but yet then you won't walk in my shoes. What? Again, why would you say that? I have experiences in this business, in my life that you and I do not share. But that does not mean that you overlook my experiences to shut me out just because you want to side with a narrative that you understand. I am not angry at you putting out a podcast episode disagreeing with my four points in my newsletter, not even disagreeing with the one hour podcast episode that you should have listened to. I'm not upset at you. I'm not going to block you. I'm not going to stop continuing to talk to you. If we cross paths, we cross paths because again, we're on this journey to make ourselves better than when we were yesterday. We're on this journey to make everybody better and to try to understand perspectives, sometimes this is needed and speaking in audio is a little bit more faster than text. But again, I am not upset with you. I am disappointed because I would never thought that somebody would say that type of comment and have it as a backhanded comment, even if you didn't mean it as a backhanded comment, but it does come across as a backhanded comment. If you know you can't walk in my shoes with my experiences, don't push anything what I say to the side. And you would have understood that better if you would have listened to the podcast episode. So that's the only reason why I am doing a rebuttal 
And this is the last time I am going to talk about the TK incident because Tony Khan needs to apologize to Swo because it is the right thing to do. Because again, you do not throw somebody under the bus that will give you their time and their sacrifices for what they love in this business. Tony Khan is a rich daddy's boy. There's no way of getting around that. His father gave him that position in the Jaguars as an analyst. Does he have any real world experience like the rest of us? No, this is why you don't dismiss someone else's accomplishments or dismiss someone else's experiences because money can buy you out of situations. I just want somebody to be a leader and a boss in AEW, not a child. And sometimes structure is good. So that way, you know, you're on the right path. That way, you know that your company is going to survive. While yes, it is very fantastic that AEW is giving work to a lot of the indie wrestlers that I meet along the way. Congratulations, guys. You guys are on AEW. Yes, you guys can say that you made it to AEW, but you shouldn't be getting the indie treatment that feels like it's on a mid-level at the moment, if that makes any sense. Because while I do love the fact that everyone is wrestling, everyone is eating, where are the other AEW Dark and Dark Evolution wrestlers? They're still doing the indie circuit. MOW has an open door policy. And maybe MOW will pick you up if they could fit you in if you have a story. Or maybe you just want to tell Kurt Bauer that you want a one-off match. You never know. And even with New Japan Strong... New Japan Strong seems like they do want to work with a lot of people, but I know that one's probably a little more trickier. But the point is, is that if they truly believed in you to book you for a spot on dark and dark elevation, you should not be treated still like an indie worker because you got the years under your belt you know what you're doing you shouldn't be losing your matches just to go back on the indies and maybe never get the call again but then if you work your ass off it seems okay to just throw people under the bus if anything any of my guys that i've interacted with should have a spot on rampage why are they not having a spot on rampage these indie wrestlers aren't green. They're not from a school. They've been working their asses off for 10 to 12 years and they get a spot on dark and that might be your opening and you take any opportunity. You really do, but you really got to look at it. If you know that you're a big deal and you can offer them more, why not try to negotiate a spot on Rampage, tossing an idea of why you want to be on Rampage, because Rampage gets to be seen by people in their household. Not everybody that watches Dark and Dark Elevation are going to watch Rampage and watch Dynamite. Rampage is on at the wrong time. The day can be debatable, but I just want more for my indie guys i want more for my wrestlers because they put on hell of a show at the indies that i go to and then they talk to me about their stories and what they want and i want them to achieve everything that they want to achieve because that's the type of person that i am and because i do all this selflessly and because i spend time with them I still get dismissal. I still get questioned by random burner accounts that don't see any value in me as a woman to contribute to this business as a writer because Tony Khan got it in your heads that he does not want any type of comedy sketch. Well, sir, do you read? Do you read any novels? Like, there's a reason why we have best-selling authors. There's a reason why Netflix ends up doing adaptations of novels. Like, I hope you read. Writing saves lives as much as professional wrestling. 
we all enjoyed Undertaker, Kane, and Paul Bear. That whole family story oriented, that whole story, we all loved it. And if you're saying no, you're lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. That really helped me realize that I had a spot in this business that I can write for somebody. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. My way of doing things is not to have the wrestler read my script word for word, because if they did so, then we're filming a movie. Wrestling is the best long-term storytelling of theater where you can improv and you can be whoever the fuck you want in professional wrestling. But I will just give you a script, tell you to read it over, let me know your thoughts, and we could go from there. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to force you, the wrestler, to say these words, to memorize these words. I'm going to guide you. It is my job as a writer to make sure to get your ass over and make sure the fans love you or they boo you. It is not my job to have you read a movie script because we're not doing a movie. And it's sad that Tony Khan don't want to hear any of this type of criticism. Doesn't even want 15 minutes with me. You know, I did send him a link to my hangman script via Instagram. But no, he doesn't take the time to talk to ladies unless he's rude to ladies. And that's someone that I'm not sure if I ever want to work for. Because if you're rude to an ex-employee the same way that he was rude to Big Swole, then that really tells me something. That's really a red flag. If you're not willing to work with me, but you're willing to work against me because it's not part of your narrative, then no, I want nothing for it. Back to the situation at hand. Again, I'm not upset. I'm just really frustrated that we still had to have this conversation when I moved on and I was really going to make some Wrestle Kingdom podcast episodes, MOW and New Japan Strong, because that is what I'm focusing on. AEW, I'm going to watch you guys from afar. I'm still going to comment because I like commenting on wrestling. I want to see it progress. I want to see it evolve. I want to see it do its damn best. And if I can still lend my voice to do that without any backlash because you think that I'm projecting or you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm still going to do it. I got my strong opinions. I'm okay with it. I am comfortable with my own truth. I am comfortable with who Marie Shadows is. I did not get to WWE with handouts. I got it based on opportunity and I made the most of it and I went for it and I did it. I accomplished it. No one could take that away from me. I helped out Evolve before WWE brought out Evolve. No one could take that away from me. I built the ring. No one can take that away from me. I put my guys over because I love them and they mean so much to me. That's everyone that I have ever interacted with. And they know who they are if they ever listen to this. And you guys could probably see who I interact with anyway online. So again, I'm not afraid of who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. But what I really don't like is when someone wants to discredit me, Swole, anybody that I know for a fact that has worked hard just to spin a narrative that they're more comfortable with. And, you know, this wasn't ever about choosing sides because I said that perspectives help people grow and help people change. And this isn't about which side should you pick, but it's quite obvious that if you're just going to dismiss hard work, then you already made up your mind without trying to hear the other one out. So again, I am just disappointed that you had to make a podcast episode about the four points in my newsletter and not hear the full one hour and 11 seconds of the podcast episode that's just an extension of Thomas Island. Next time, please just do the research. 
make sure that you know what you're talking about. Do not regurgitate from things you hear from a podcast episode from somewhere else, because if you're not asking questions, you're not getting the full story. That is what journalism is about, right? It's about asking questions. And I'm the only one here asking questions, asking the right questions and putting things into perspective to the best of my ability. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. Whenever I say I love what I do, it's not a gimmick. It's not me putting on a character. When I get generally upset about something, it's because I've experienced it. And no other woman should be dismissed. No other woman should experience that. It's really bad enough that we go through a lot of mental health issues and we are the biggest nurturers on this planet. And yet then people still want to be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't have A, B, C and D. You don't check off everything off the list. But yet then your ass is sitting at home, not doing the work, not being behind the curtain, not dropping everything at a moment's notice to go help your buddies when no one else is going to be there for them. And they know that they can rely on you to go film their promos, to go help at ring crew, to be a ticket usher. And this isn't an attack to you pro wrestling over time. I just need to put this into perspective for everyone else listening because it's not fair. My experience shouldn't have to fit your narrative to try and save face. Everything else was fine in your podcast episode, except for telling me not to project when you clearly can't walk in my shoes. And again, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. This episode of the Square Circle podcast is a rebuttal to what Pro Wrestling Overtime said her disagreements about what I had written in the newsletter and not particularly what I said in the podcast previous to this, the TK incident. I will include her link to her podcast episode down below in the description so you guys can listen and you guys can understand it more. I always say that you guys can give me feedback and I always look for feedback. And most of the time, I really do want to hear it. So yes, Pro Wrestling Overtime, thank you for doing that. But like I said, the only thing that got me really upset and really felt like an insult, but yet then you gave me a compliment saying that you mostly agree with everything, that I'm good at my research, but then just went off the rails if you didn't say that, then I would not have made this podcast episode. And that's just to reiterate before, because I know this is going to be a long episode. And it's a long episode because there's a lot of things to break down. I like to question everything because when red flags are raised, you really got to be on your guard. If you guys are not asking the right questions, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening when something happens to AEW. And I'm only saying that to put it out there. Don't be so blinded because of whatever good he's going to throw at you. Make sure you keep your guard up. Because like I said, if anybody can tweet that without a second's notice and they know that they have a huge platform, anything dangerous could have happened because people like to talk shit behind a keyboard, but they don't like to talk shit in front of your face. And people have become too comfortable with talking shit behind the keyboard. I hope I put out some more perspective on the issue. And this episode will definitely be named the last word because I am no longer talking about this. I moved on from this situation because I know that TK isn't going to apologize. And I have better podcast episodes to put out i have more freelance work to do with wrestlers that i'm doing behind the scene and i want to make sure that all of my podcast people in my community the ones i talk to we are all doing this together and we are all pushing each other to make damn good programming for the fans to enjoy it's 2022 
we shouldn't be negative. We should be constructive in our criticism, but also keep in mind that someone else's perspective and experiences are not the same as yours. And Twitter is not the blanket for that. So, Pro Wrestling Overtime, thank you for putting me over. I am Marie Shadows of the Square Circle Podcast. This episode is episode two of 2022. It is called The Last Word. I will not be talking about this ever again. I am going to continue to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Strong, and MOW, and do my freelance work behind the scenes. And so, with that... This is the end of the podcast, and I wish you guys so well in your future endeavors. I'll see you guys on the next one.